0: Trigger warning. High functioning directly deals with the realities of mental illness and mental health issues. As a result, some listeners may find this content triggering. We encourage listeners to tune in and out in a way that feels safe for them and seek support if they need. If you are in crisis, please call 911 or visit your nearest hospital. If you're in Canada, you can also call Crisis Services Canada at 1-833-456-4566 or text 741741. This episode contains candid discussions of depression, anxiety, suicide, privilege, dissociation, ADHD, professional and personal support systems, medication, therapy, and the struggles we've had coping with mental illness. Hey, I'm Britt. And I'm
1: Amira. And this is High Functioning. A podcast about people who struggle with mental illness while still maintaining seemingly productive and successful lives.
0: Right. We're basically trying to be as millennial as possible by starting our own podcast. And after this, we're actually going to go grab some avocado toast. And we're not buying a house, to be clear.
1: (laughs) Because of the avocado toast. Jokes, we're in quarantine. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Our episode today is about the holidays because we know that, you know, we have complicated relationships with the holidays or just different. You and I have quite different relationships with the holidays. Mm -hmm. We also have very different traditions for the holidays and we know that the holidays can be a pretty love-hate, complicated, weird, great time uh,
0: for lots of people. I think what's wonderful is that obviously the biggest holiday current that's coming currently and like part of the reason we're doing this episode is christmas but you're jewish and i'm muslim and now we're doing a holiday episode (laughs) well it is holiday it's not a christmas episode but yes it is timed quite well uh for christmas well what are your holiday traditions I have so many. I mean, I think people are surprised when I explain how big of a deal Christmas is in my house. It's like the one time of year my whole family actually gets together. We all have lived in different cities, and so, I mean, obviously it'll look different this year because of COVID, um, which is another thing we can we can maybe touch on. But uh, So we have our Christmas traditions, and then on December 13th, uh, Ismaili Muslims, which is the religion I'm a part of, celebrates um, Sagara Kashali which is the birthday of our spiritual leader. And so it's a it's a time for like presents and feasting. And it's kind of like when I was a kid, I'd call it Brown Christmas. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so that's a great one. We eat like some really great food, like really festive food, have a lot of sweets and, and desserts. And it's just a great time to um, not only see family and friends, but also just get a lot of money. Which is really fantastic.
1: (laughs) So pretty much you get all your money from that first holiday. And then then you have the money to spend on your friends and family for Christmas. Correct. So everything just like neutrals out. Yeah.
0: It's it's a real like debit credit cycle. Um, And then in terms of like Christmas itself. uh, So my mom, my sister and I, we always go to Starbucks on December 1st and get Christmas flavored lattes. And then for the past three years, my dad and I have been doing Sockmas. So we have like a sock advent calendar, essentially. And we compete for who has the best socks every day from December 1st to December 25th. Um, and this year, it's a bit different. You guys added some categories. It is, yeah. So this year, uh, half the days will be socks, but the other half will be masks because we are very pro mask wearing. Yeah. Um, and then there's a charity element. So it makes winning... A little bit more bitter and losing a little bit nicer because every day <laughs> mm-hmm. the winner has to donate ten dollars to charity, yeah, <laughs> uh, um, which is great. And, and we're support, we're trying to support charities that have that really need support, that need increased support during COVID. So mm-hmm. the food bank, um, the distress center, a homeless shelter, and uh, a women's shelter. And you know, there's a lot more domestic violence during COVID. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are more lonely and so are more in distress in the mental health issues, which we've talked about. Um, you know, it's getting colder out there, so it's a lot harder for folks to to stay outside and stay warm if, if they don't have houses to go to. And um, what was the first one? The food bank. Uh, you know, unemployment because of COVID is huge and the holidays are already such a hard time money wise. So, uh, ensuring everyone has a little bit of food. That's what the, that's what, that's why we chose the food bank.
1: It's wonderful. You guys have a really worked the COVID angle in a really positive way, um, with the mask us and the the charities. Like it's very thoughtful and it brings a little bit of joy to an otherwise very weird time, because of the like covid holiday sitch
0: yeah and i think thinking of holidays and traditions and how much i love gingerbread houses and mulled wine and you know decorating the tree and all these really fun exciting things that i've been looking forward to um for so long uh i i didn't want to be like i wanted to still recognize that there's still bad shit happening in the world and there's still gravity around that so how do we find that balance of joy and celebration with not losing sight of the very serious pandemic that we're currently facing and you know i think a lot of us are having to make decisions of do we violate public health regulations and see our families for christmas if we haven't seen them in a year and um it's hard it's such a it's such a hard choice to have to make because you know neither feels like a win um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah how about you like do you do you like really celebrate christmas or you know what are are your holiday things
1: my family is russian jewish um and of course there's hanukkah i would say that we don't really go all out for hanukkah like people are always like oh my god do you get eight days of gifts i'm like no (laughs) I mean, I'll get chocolate, which is fun, but maybe when we were kids, if my mom listens to this, she's going to be like, you're making me out to seem like I, I don't spoil you girls. <laughs> she does spoil us, but we're also grown-ups now. Um, when we were kids, I think we did like some more daily celebrations for Hanukkah, but our big holiday thing is New Year's. Uh, in Russian tradition, we have like a, a Santa that comes on New Year's, um, cool. his
0: Pardon? So that's sweet. Does he just deliver like champagne and confetti and
1: no, he's it's like real <laughs> Santa. It's like Christmas on New Year's. Like we awesome. put up a tree, um, and our Santa, his name is Ded Moroz, which translates to like Grandpa Frost or like Father Frost. Can I, can I try saying that? Yeah, try it. Died, like Died? Ded. Yeah. Died? M- Moroz. Moroz. Yeah. There you go. Ded Moroz. You can practically be Russian. <laughs> so. Dead Moroz comes on New Year's Eve, and um, we wake up on New Year's Day and we open presents and all that. So, yeah, lots of, um, and those, like I grew up with those traditions. New Year's is like the most important night for me um, in my family. It's well, it's just become something that's really, really important. We really value it. Um, we grew up with it, like I said. But now, as an adult, or even like I would say, probably the last 10 years, It is simultaneously my favorite and also the most anxiety-inducing night of the year for me. Yeah, and so so, like mm -hmm, for me, the holidays actually bring up a lot of trauma um, and a lot of kind of reminders about my family and you know how we used to be versus how we are now. Um, I don't dive into like our family's trauma very much on this podcast, but like things happened and a lot of things changed. And I still have very vivid memories of what the traditions were like when I was a kid and just how, you know, meaningful and loving they were. And they've, I think I've been able to adjust to so many things with my family and find joy in so many new traditions and so many new ways of being. And I'm very proud and very, uh, I have a, I love my family very, very, very much. But the holidays is one thing that for whatever reason the trauma always, always rears its head. And um, I always have these insanely high, sorry, I have these very, um, you know, big expectations of how it's going to go. And obviously never meets expectations. And so I I get, yeah, I become, I become quite a mess on New Year's um, and around the holiday time. And uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's like, it's very weird. It's a very love-hate relationship. And I wonder if other people who have a hard time around the holidays can relate. That it is, it's not that you don't want the holidays, but it's also that you kind of don't want the holidays.
0: <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. I mean, as someone who loves Christmas, and I think most people know I love Christmas. My family loves Christmas and just the holidays and the togetherness. I still struggle a lot with them. You know, I, I find it hard. It's it's the one time of year I come back to my parents' place And I haven't lived with my parents in 10 years. And so coming back, it's always like, okay, you know, are we going to slip into these old habits? I've had a lot of growth in those 10 years, but I find myself reverting back, you know, to how I was when I was 17. And I'm like, this isn't good. Or I also hate New Year's. Like, it's just um, I have have FOMO and I also don't want to do anything.
1: Okay, so think about that, right? <laughs> like already so much pressure exists around New Year's and yeah. then add like and then add a massive Santa. family. Yeah. Add freaking Santa sprinkling Sorry, add more. The Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's like it's such a mind fuck. I'm like I already feel so weird around New Year's because, you know, my social anxiety wants me to be in in 10 different places at once. And like, am I doing it right? And am I partying and blah, blah, blah. Like what you just said, FOMO, but also not. But then, yeah, you throw Santa into the mix and some family trauma and you're just like, the fuck, man?
0: Yeah. I also like I, I can only handle people in doses. (laughs) Like, I don't, I'm not the one that's like going to be out with people till two or three in the morning or anything like that. So that's a nightmare but then even around christmas every um every year prior to last year we we would have a big christmas dinner and, and my sister's friends would come over and their now spouses would come over um or boyfriends or whatever and it would be this great big family thing and every year halfway through i would just have to disappear for a bit come to my room and just have some quiet time because i can't handle that level of social interaction with that many people for that long Um, and for a while everyone was like what the fuck where's Amira gone (laughs) I just need to like cocoon for a bit and then I can come back and be nice again but I find that having those boundaries if you're more introverted are especially hard around the holidays because there's this expectation of constant togetherness um, and, and being with your family and cherishing every moment not realizing that sometimes you actually need a decent bit of time to recharge for that.
1: Mm -hmm. What other strategies would you recommend? Like you speak of, you know, going home, are we going to go back to the habits of being a 17 year old, which I think a lot of people can relate to myself included. So do you have any strategies or things that you do to kind of prevent that regression for lack of better words?
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, part of it, I think is recognizing when it's happening, like recognizing when I'm acting not mature and not you know kind necessarily uh recognizing old patterns and old roles i fit and really saying you know is this a role i want to be playing or i should be playing um not should i don't like the word should but but is this a role that is serving me to to play right now um and recognizing those things and then also just having conversations with people who know me now so like whether it's you know doing stuff like this or Um, I, I really love when I get to have phone chats or FaceTimes with one of my friends who just understands me so well, um, that, you know, I can be like, oh, this is who I am. And like, it it Mm -hmm. reminds me of, of how I talk and how I act. And I find that's really helpful, um, in addition to the time away. So it's like, in order to not regress, it's like, I need time on my own, but I also need time with people who can bring me like back to myself almost
1: i think what i'm hearing and what i have a hard time with too but those are sound like really good strategies is like don't silo yourself within your family unit just because it's the holidays you know like don't forget that you have likely built a life outside of that unit um and that doesn't in my family we are very enmeshed it comes from of course just like you know experience and, and trauma and all that but also Eastern European families um, and just in general, like a lot of families from collectivist societies, they do have a bit more enmeshment. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an expectation of like multi-generational homes and uh, just a variety of traditions that people who come, uh, who've been in North America for a long time may not necessarily relate to. Um, And I think sometimes it can, you can get a lot of pushback when you set those boundaries um, and you try to you know, simultaneously live in your parents' house because it's the holidays, but also have moments of your own life that kind of remind you, oh, right, I, I did grow up and I did learn my own needs and my own boundaries. And I think the holidays can make that quite difficult because, you know, there's this expectation of family time. So you want to become enmeshed in your family, but not being enmeshed in your family isn't always the healthiest thing for people, especially when you've worked a lot to grow your own independence and learn your own boundaries. And it becomes just really easy to forget about all those boundaries and all that growth. Mm -hmm. So I don't know for me, it can get quite difficult. I know that, you know, if, if any, if we have any Jewish listeners, like Jewish guilt is real,
0: And, like, my mom doesn't even have to say anything. I just know. I know it's coming. It's fine. And in South Asian culture, shame is seen as a virtue. Mercy is, (laughs) like, a bad thing. So it's like, oh, look, you have so much, like, you have so much shame. Like, look at you. That's so wonderful. Or, like, the concept of having no shame is, like, or being shameless is the worst possible thing you could be. I love Brene Brown so
1: much. But, uh, you know, that American woman... She's
0: she's missing some of our some of our collectivist quirks. Hundred percent. So I mean, say. I think that that like the her, the biggest downfall I have with her is is just like the cultural context is missing a lot of the time, which is common for I mean any therapy or therapist or or anything like that in North America mm-hmm. is it's so rooted in North American um, cultural norms. Mm-hmm. not recognizing that like no you can have a more collectivist society it doesn't just mean it's automatically codependency exactly um, sometimes it is codependency oh, it definitely is sometimes. but I, I think just recognizing that there isn't just like like individualism it's isn't necessarily bad. the best option
1: exactly exactly like people ask me for instance like do you, do you see yourself ever like permanently moving out of toronto and like even though I don't know what my future holds, I'm fairly certain I will not permanently move out of Toronto simply because of my family, and I don't see that as a burden. Like for me, that's like that's a happy thing. I know not everyone I mean, you're would also agree. also Toronto,
0: you're not in like I don't know the oh, middle yeah, of nowhere, yeah. it's Saskatchewan. It's like oh, I have to choose like one of the be- I have to stay in one of the best cities in North America. Eh. Are you uh, <laughs> better because you moved? Like I, I miss it so much. It's I been a week. Miss Toronto. Yeah. Or two weeks. How long is it?
1: (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. There's definitely a way to balance collectivism and individualism. It's hard. And I think that's like what our generation of um, like immigrant families definitely struggles a lot with. And I think it becomes very clear on the holidays and there's no perfect solution. But um, I guess for both of us, something we definitely do is we set boundaries, knowing there might be some backlash, knowing that not everyone's always gonna love it. But if that means if setting boundaries means we can be more present with our families when we are able to, like I yeah, think that's I a also win. I don't know if this is a good um, thing or a
0: bad thing, but I also know that around the holidays I'm gonna relax my boundaries more than usual. Because it's the holidays. You know, like not to the point yeah. where I'm like like hurting myself or being self-sacrificing, but like, you know, outside of the holidays, I might talk to my parents like once every couple of weeks or something like that or we'll text but i don't i wouldn't call them unless it was like once in a blue moon so obviously around the holidays i'm gonna soften that boundary and interact with them more and be around them more um so i feel like it's okay if you're like you know what just for this period of time my boundaries might have to shift a little bit like i think there can't be rigidity with all those boundaries it goes
1: back to our kind of like well-adjusted episode too if anyone's listened to it because it, the whole thing is, like, are you yeah. doing your, like, self-audits? And during the holidays, your self-audit may be vastly different than what, what you are experiencing at other times of the year. And then how do you adjust to yeah. kind of fit all the different needs? Um, for me... No, I was going to go... to Sorry, did you have a thought? <laughs> oh, oh, I yeah, was yeah, going to yeah, talk about my new year's anxiety. It's uh, one thing I notice with Zoom. It's so hard when someone's about, yeah. like the flow of conversation I, I feel is so like much harder. Either, but I think like, we do either awkward silences
0: <laughs> or we're talking over each other, or like we each have to go have a little like monologue mm-hmm. and then another monologue.
1: It's definitely different than when we're together in person. But hopefully, our listeners still enjoy our uh, our spiels. But yeah, New Year's. Oh my goodness, I have stories around this. So my anxiety gets so bad on New Year's and like everyone else on New Year's, I dabble in some drinks and when my anxiety gets really bad on New Year's, like I've been so good at so many different strategies, but I have really poor coping strategies on New Year's Eve and I hear the voices now of, well, if you know what's going to happen and you know this is something you struggle with, like why right in the moment, Why don't you different. learn? Brittany? Like, you can have, I'm going to do
0: this and I'm going to do that, but like when yeah. there's trauma around something, your rational brain isn't really active.
1: It's out the frickin' window, let me tell you. Every year on New Year's Eve, I tell myself, it's gonna be good. I make sure I'm surrounded by people I love. And I also make sure that people know, like, mostly my friends, my close friends know I get a little bonkers on New Year's Eve. Um... It usually starts with like throughout New Year's Eve day. I'm like trying to organize everything, like I'm trying to make sure everything is just perfect. Like every hour is planned for, and you know that's already a recipe for disaster. And then there's also this
0: pressure of like you have to start the new year the right way, and if you don't, then the whole year's like screwed. And like, yes. Yeah.
1: A lot of superstition around New Year's um that I grew up with. And I don't even believe in most of that crap. But for some reason on New Year's, oh my god, yeah. New Year's resolutions, your house has to be clean, like you have to wear sparkles, you have to wear the color of the year that coming year. Like yeah. I believe in that stuff, like it's my Bible. And I don't believe in any other like religious, superstitious, crystal artifacts, like none of that shit. But on New Year's Eve, I'm like, give me the like all of the superstition I mean, and like, all of the religion you it's so with, weird. Like, those are things
0: you cling to like i have certain you know superstitions or whatever that my mom believes in and i definitely don't but then you know if it's like i break a glass i'm like oh my god it's the worst luck in the world but i recently learned yesterday after breaking two glasses that if no one gets hurt it's actually good luck so i'm just gonna go and smash a bunch of uh dishes now because i could really use that luck
1: <laughs> we could do we could do a whole episode on like <laughs> superstitions from immigrant yeah. families, don't you think? Like my family has so many, um, it's it's hilarious. But yeah, so every New Year's, for as long as I can remember, I cry because I start with the day with planning everything out perfectly. Usually, like. My best friend, Sahana, like she'll get a call maybe around four o'clock where I think or she'll get a call around two where I'm like, wait, I actually think this is going to be a good New Year's. Like everything seems to be falling into place. Then she'll get a phone call around like four or five where I'm like, nope, I'm panicking. I don't know. And then, you know, we'll get together with whoever we're getting together with. Things will seem to be going well. And then we'll get (laughs) close to the countdown. And I start freaking the fuck out. Does everyone have champagne? Like, I don't It's not just like my own enjoyment. Like, I have to make sure every single person in that room, stranger, close friend, I don't know, has to ring in the year perfectly because I'm a perfectionist. I'm also someone who needs to make sure everyone around me is happy and it's New Year's Eve and there's trauma. And then guess what happens? I drink too much or I have too many substances. Yep. And then I'm crying every year. (laughs) why do i love this holiday why don't i learn every year as we get closer i go to my therapist i go look we know what's coming how are we going to prepare me this year and we've tried so many different things and it just uh and i know i know the solution don't drink but then i'm like it's new year's and i'm (laughs) rushing are you kidding me don't like that's Um. bad
0: luck Yeah, I feel like I'm, like, <sighs> the least likely to celebrate New Year's. Like, I'm, like, I've spent New Year's at home by myself. I've fallen asleep before midnight. Like, I'm definitely... That literally gives me anxiety.
1: Like, yeah, just listening not, to you hear that. Like, I mean, my I heart think it's also,
0: that. like, if you've had negative experiences around a particular holiday, you want to make it that much better. Yeah, like, I'm feeling a lot of that stress Perfect. this year. Yeah. My last Christmas and New Year's... Was horrible. Probably one of the worst on record. Um, you know, we had uh, deaths in the family and a lot of stress, and you know, um, you know, family members that were sick, and I was sick. Like I couldn't. I was extremely sick on New Year's. I fell asleep before midnight. because I was so sick. Um, so it was just such a like such a bad year and bad christmas like everything about it was just not good um that this year i'm like it has to be great we're gonna mm-hmm. go all out we're gonna like we're gonna do hot chocolate we're gonna do three gingerbread houses we're gonna put the tree up we're gonna like do like just so many things yeah to make up for it because literally last you year you want to make we're like oh shit we haven't put the tree up <sighs> okay let's do it in 20 minutes and then we can go to bed like it was just so not what we're used to Um, And then trying to deal with like, how do you have the holidays when you've had, you know, these tragedies and navigating that. And it was it looked different as Christmas because my parents weren't really around and like all of these things that were just acting against us. So, yeah, there's definitely pressure this year. Um, But but speaking of pressure, I feel like you can't talk about the stress of the holidays or mental health in the holidays without talking about the strain it puts on your wallet (laughs) no yeah
1: for me i grew up as Mm -hmm. like gifts were a sign of love it makes my family sound so bad it's not it's just when you grow up like for context you know my family immigrated from eastern europe as refugees they had nothing so the fact that we could afford gifts growing up and we could afford a lot of luxury um, was something we dove into. And that's not abnormal for a lot of families who have similar kind of situations like I do. Um, so gifts were always a really big deal. And I'm, we try and be really thoughtful with our gifts. You know, we don't just get random things off the street. We, we really try and think about, like, what people will enjoy and what will make people happy. Um, and so, yeah, I have a really bad tendency Um, Mm -hmm. to spend a lot of money that I don't have, um, even when everyone around me tells me not to, even when my family explicitly says, please don't do this, I will still do it because I feel like it's what I have to do. Um, and actually this year, one of the things I talked about with my therapist was setting Mm -hmm. boundaries around financial expectations. Um, so having a conversation with my sister, for instance, who I tend to spend so much money on, um, you know, we also, like, for extra context, I come from, um, my parents are divorced, and though most people are like, that means twice the gifts, like, at one point, it meant twice the gifts, and then it meant half the gifts, and it's just, like, come, like, divorced families around the holidays, I think, is a really, really complex, complex thing, and so I kind of took the role of, like, oh, well, I want to make sure my sister is protected and has all the gifts she wants, and so I have a tendency to over, yeah. overdo it around the holidays when it comes to her, and she has no, like, she doesn't care, you know, for her at the end of the day, she wants to make sure her sister is safe and happy. Um, and so, and I know that, but even so I needed to make sure I told her that I was going to be spending less money this year just to hear her tell me yeah. it's okay, Brett. And like, I still love you. Um, and so we had that conversation, my therapist and I worked through it. And then I had that conversation with her and I'm lucky because with her, I know that putting down boundaries is a safe thing. Um, she does respect them most of the time. Um, and so it was a good conversation to have to set me up to put down yeah. other boundaries yeah, as I we go to the Yeah, because I've always season. been,
0: like, more financially disadvantaged compared to my sister. So she's always, like, kind of footed the bill for me on more than one occasion when it comes to the holidays, which, like, she's always been so kind and so nice to do, but I just feel bad making her do that. But at the same time, I don't want people to not get enough gifts because I'm just, like, I can't pay as much or whatever, which I know is, like not the right mentality because like gifts are about the thought and you know the the concept versus like the dollar value yeah. and then
1: but i my, get it
0: my mom has always been like everything between us should always be equal like dollar for dollar our presents will add up to the same amount and this year because i moved i've asked for hmm. a boatload of presents <laughs> like far too many presents um but now i'm really stressed out because i'm like i don't have enough for my sister and she i know she's getting me so many presents but i'm not getting her enough presents and like that part has been really stressing me out and i don't want to just buy things for the sake of buying things to hit a number of like a minimum spend i should hit but i also don't want it to you know be really uneven where it's like i'm opening 85 presents and she's opening three Mm-hmm. i don't know so how are you we managing that. to go into like an online shopping spree of things i don't know if she actually likes but then she'll hate that too <laughs> yeah it's hard i think yeah
1: one thing that's just gone through my head is just there are a lot of complicated things around the holidays that make us feel all types of ways that make it really hard to maintain our strategies and force us to do some really like quick self audits and, and really quick changes to what's going to maintain our mental health. And you know, not everyone may love this attitude, but for me, I'm like <laughs> the holidays pass. <laughs> you know, I know I'm going to be, and I was actually better about this last year. Like I had a pretty bad blowout on New Year's Eve. Like I do every year. Um, and the person I was dating at the time, yeah. like he didn't know what to expect because it's a lot. It's a lot. If you haven't been around me before in that mode. Um, and he didn't know what to expect. And, and so the next day he was like, okay, we need to talk about it. And I was much more like, I was like, you know what? It's just new year's. I'm not normally like that. We know this, we can just let that one pass. We don't have to like Mm -hmm. dive into why it happened, how it happened, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I appreciate you wanting to talk about it, but let me tell you, it's just a weird night. Yeah.
0: It's just... And I think you have to... We're going to let, let, let that one go. It. You know, it's the holidays. Um, Stuff's going to come up. People are going to argue. Like, there's going to be family drama. There's going to be tensions. But it can also be really fun. Like, you can have a great time, too. And, like, all families are dysfunctional in some way or another. And the holidays are definitely when that could come up the most because there's just so many different things on people's minds. Like, getting the right gifts and making the right food. And, like, it's everyone coming together after a long time. And
1: and this year are we going to get yeah. covid like or can we even get together and like you know so many things to think about that you know for the rest of the year you don't necessarily no, have to it's think really about whether this much is supposed to be effort.
0: like redemption christmas after last year that like we can't actually have our usual christmas and it's going to mm. be you know a very tiny dinner with just my parents and that's going to be very different from our usual dinner. That has like ten to fifteen people, and you know all these presents and Secret Santa and all that. So, I think it's just you know this year's going to look different, but that's okay. It's one year out of a zillion years we have, and you know we can yeah, we can have a hopefully you know, big Christmas next year or the year after. You know. I don't even want to say that because I'm not like, don't put pressure, pressure on it. One. Like <laughs> a, if you lose one Christmas, it's not the end of the world. I, I think I learned that last year after having such a horrible Christmas that yes. like, yeah, it sucked. But like, here we are at next Christmas and it can, well, it's not going to be the best one, but you know, it can be better than that one bad year. Like one bad Christmas doesn't ruin everything or, or one bad New Year's doesn't ruin everything. And it's okay to say, you know what, we're just going to take the L on this one and try again next year.
1: Exactly. And but the holidays in general, like, we're always going to put pressure on ourselves, we're always going to have high expectations. And if you do meet those expectations, like congratulations. And that's amazing. And I'm so happy for those people. I don't know how you meet those expectations. Maybe I just set too high expectations. I do set too high expectations. This is a known fact. But um, yeah, kind of trying to let go of that pressure and remember that, Every year is going to look a little different. There are going to be joys and there are going to be stresses. And it wouldn't be the holidays if both those didn't coexist um, together. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I know it's going to be sucky and it's also going to be great. And it's going to be both those things and it's going to be hard. And then it's just going to pass. And 2021 is going to start and we'll just be on that journey of that year, whatever it brings us and we'll just keep doing all of our mental health things so that we keep ourselves in check in some way or another. Is that lame to just look at it that way like passing no, days I mean, I with it's ups and downs?
0: Normal. Like I think when when you add pressure it's cuz it's it's you expect it to be so perfect and it has to be this way and I just think whenever we do that about anything holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, anything, you're just kind of setting yourself up for disaster so treating it as like a regular day where some really cool things can happen is uh, a, a a better mentality mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me to to use versus hyping it up so much.
1: I'm going to try and use that mentality, but let's be real—New Year's is going to come around. And yeah, I'm be like, and like that's it fine. Has to you be know perfect. that it's sort of
0: like you just accept it's going to be one bad day, or like it, maybe it won't be the perfect day, but like it's going to happen and that's okay because you got you've got through it every other year until now when it's not been great and so it's like you know yeah and here and here's the other thing for anyone who does
1: do like the superstitious like if you have a bad new year's the whole year's thrown.
0: like no i was just gonna say what if you had not a great, new great years example, last year, and look how obviously. this year turned out so there goes your superstition exactly and also like
1: here like you start thinking in these really grandiose terms, like the whole year has to be perfect or the whole year. Like after you've lived 12 whole months of a year, you're going to be tired, whether it's 2020 and like the the unprecedentedness of this year. But I find that every year by the time December comes around, everyone's ready for the next year. Everyone's ready for that, like, you know, theoretical reset, because it's been 12 whole months. A lot of shit happens in 12 months. So we put all this pressure on this one day because it's gonna set the scene for the next 12 months. No, it's not. When you're having a great day in May, you're not, whew, that rhymed. You're not thinking about this is because I had the perfect countdown. And when you have a really shitty day in August, you're not gonna be thinking this is because I missed the countdown three or four years in a row. We don't need to talk about that story. Anyways, all I'm saying is, I'm telling this to myself really. The superstitions are there and they're going to be there, but um, it really doesn't actually count for the whole year. It's just a day and there's so many days, maybe even too many days sometimes or too few days sometimes. I don't know. I don't want to put my bias on people, but the days pass and there are going to be good days and bad days and the holidays don't necessarily determine that in, if anything, they themselves are just part of the good days and bad days. Shtick.
0: does it? that yeah, those I'm are totally my ending right. thoughts I like, I like for that myself like kind of walked through your like entire monologue that you're going to tell yourself and like you know other people if that's what they need they can tell themselves that too and it's like a like just yeah it's, it's good insight into like just how your mind can go through like so many different thoughts for like one day and how you have to like rationalize it in your mind or like figure out how to how to work it out um i think my my ending thoughts are kind of like you know all of us celebrate so differently we celebrate different holidays we celebrate on different days um and some of us love the holidays some of us hate the holidays but i think all of us sort of have these ups and downs through them no matter how much you love a holiday or how much you hate a holiday like there's going to be ups and downs and that's totally okay and that's totally normal and like sometimes i'm so curious it's like you, you get to see everyone's highlight reels of like our christmas dinner and the presents they got and no one ever talks about that like behind the scenes that like oh yeah an hour before that there was like a huge yelling match between like my brother and my cousin and like things like that and so i think it's also just recognizing you know what you see is still going to be highlight reels when you when people talk about their years they're just going to show the highlight reels Mm -hmm. um you know and, and just being aware that, like, that doesn't mean it's the entire year. Like, people do their year wrap-ups. That's not their entire year. It's just certain moments of that year. And so don't no. like, don't compare your whole life to someone's highlight reel around a year, around the holidays, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, know what you need for your mental health. Recognize what your triggers are going to be around the holidays and, and try to work with them, not against them. Um, my final question was like so you celebrate christmas a little bit differently or the holidays a little bit differently we celebrate hanukkah what is like the equivalent of like a happy holidays like what is a greeting that you would say to someone on on the holiday you celebrate
1: mm. so on new year's so happy holidays um always works um hanukkah is just like happy hanukkah and then for New Year's we say "Snovom Godam, which means "Snovom Godam. Godam. Yeah, and it means like to Snowem the new year. Godem. Yeah, it's like okay. to the to the new year, and you say that um, to all your friends and family, and uh, yeah, it's like it's it's a really meaningful, loving tradition. You wish people essentially like a good year, like to the new year, and it's almost like a cheers and obviously the Russian thing that you say on the holidays is practically like a thing you would cheers with vodka. So anyways.
0: <laughs> All right. So with that, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Nice. Snavum gadam Kashali Mubarak, and Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in. This has been High Functioning.